From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week, I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. Hey, J.R., lots to talk about today. Let's start with the political group formed by former President Barack Obama announced which races it's going to target across the country, and Wisconsin makes the list. The group is going to put resources into electing a Democrat to the governor's office and to the first congressional district. How significant is this money, and how will we see it play out? The first question I have is, will this promise turn into reality when we get close to October? I mean, lots of groups are laying markers down right now to show their priorities, but when push comes to shove, they go where they have the best chance to have success. So if we're really, if the first congressional district is really truly in play, come September, October, we'll see those resources. If it's not anymore, they'll go somewhere else. So that's the first caveat. What will those races look like come fall? That said, people see, on the Democratic side, see an opportunity in Wisconsin right now. They're looking at Governor Walker's numbers and they aren't too scared off by those. They're looking at what's happening with these special elections and Democrats you know, winning some Republican seats and thinking, hey, that's a good sign if, for them. And they're looking at the Supreme Court race from April and seeing Rebecca Dallet, you know, a liberal judge from Milwaukee County, win by a dozen points. They're seeing, hey, there's, there's an opportunity in Wisconsin. And that, for Democrats, is a good thing because if they see an opportunity, that could mean resources. Resources are needed to run campaigns and get people turned out. So if things maintain, it could be a good thing for Democrats. Interesting news about the governor's race. The State Elections Commission has set the ballot order for the 10 Democrats running for governor in the August 14th primary. Commission staff drew names out of a hat. Andy Gronick's name will appear first on the ballot, followed by Matt Flynn, Tony Evers, Josh Paid, and Mike McCabe. Then it's Malin Mitchell at number six, followed by Kelda Royce, Paul Soglin, Kathleen Weinhout, and Dana Wachs. Political observers are saying it's better to have your name at the top of the list on the ballot because with such a crowded primary, some voters might not read all the way to the bottom. So if I'm Kathleen Weinhout or Dana Wachs, am I upset that my name is so far down the roster? Maybe a little bit, but that's more if they're not well known come August 14th. This race is going to become a three- or four-week sprint on radio and TV um, starting sometime in July. And the people who have the resources to get up on those two mediums will probably have the best name ID, most likely, come August 14th. So I don't know that the ballot order will determine that race. It's obviously, you know, you'd rather be up top than the bottom. When I talk to people, it's more a matter of who has got the money to be up on TV and radio, to communicate with voters, and to get a message across to them about who they are and why they think they should be elected governor. That's going to be a bigger factor to me than how to listen to the ballot on August 14th. It looks like we already have a handful of people who have expressed an interest in running for Supreme Court Justice Shirley Abrahamson's seat. She announced recently that she will not seek re-election next April. Do you think we'll see a crowded field and what's at stake that there would be so much interest in Supreme Court? Well, we could see a crowded field, but here's the thing. There's a big difference between saying you're thinking about running and actually getting in. Um, what these cans are doing right now, or possible cans are doing, is they're, they're talking to potential donors, they're talking to people who get involved in these races to just kind of gauge what's the interest in their candidacy. If they get a good response, then yeah, they'll, they'll probably get in. But if they kind of hear a message of, well, we're behind so-and-so, that might turn them off to a race. So whenever you have an open seat, you're going to get more attention because you don't have an incumbent. The power of incumbency is pretty strong, especially the Supreme Court. I think we've had 
two justices who have lost re-election bids or retention bids in the last 40, 50 years. So there's that factor. When it's an open seat, there's a better shot. So people are going to kick the tires and look at it. Now let's recap the special elections from last week. Democrat Caleb Frostman beat Republican State Representative Andre Jacques in the special election for state Senate in the Green Bay area. This narrows the Republican majority in the Senate to three votes. How significant a victory was this for Democrats? Well, big picture, um, this is a seat that Democrats should not be winning. So the fact that they picked it off, that's going to help build another data point about, you know, a possible blue wave in Wisconsin. The same time, winning this race is great, but they've got to win it again in November to make it count because you look at the map and there are a handful of seats in the Senate this fall that are really truly in play. Democrats have now closed that gap to 1815 once Frostman is sworn in. But to really make a difference, they need to hold that seat and find two more to pick off. If they can do that, they have a shot to win back the majority. The good thing for Jennifer Schilling, the minority leader, is she can take this re- these results from Tuesday and uh, go out to donors and say, hey, we won here. This is a Republican seat. There's a path to majority. You should be investing in us. You should be giving us, you know, donation, donating to, donating to us. Um, for Scott Fitzgerald, the majority leader, he told me last week that he didn't want to go all in financially on that race because he didn't want to blow a hole in his budget for November. And his point is valid. You know, that there are bigger stakes in November than there were in June. However, because Democrats won that seat, they've got another talking point about the blue wave and it's going to give them some momentum in the Senate, at least, going into November. In the other special election, Republican John Plummer beat Democrat Ann Groves Lloyd for an assembly seat in Lodi. Were you surprised by this result? Uh, no. Going into that race, uh, Republicans, Democrats told me they thought that uh, the Dems had a better shot in the first and the 42nd. And quite honestly, Robin Voss, the Assembly Speaker, went. he did go all in on this. He wanted to cut off any talk of Democrats getting toehold of a blue wave in the Assembly. And so his side's pushing very hard on the idea that this is a sign that when you have the right candidate, the right resource, and the right message, Republicans can win, even in what could be a p- difficult uh, environment for them. At the same time, Democrats will tell you that there are 21 seats in the Assembly that are better for them on the top of the ticket numbers than the 42nd Assembly District is. So while you know Republicans kind of get to crow about this one, Democrats are still saying, look, we've got all these other races that we can go after. The question for them is, can they get the resources? Because if I'm a donor right now and I support Democrats, I'm looking at the map and going, okay, I've got Tammy Baldwin's re-election bid up. I've got Gov- uh, Governor Walker and a to-be-determined Democratic challenger, and there's a chance to win that seat there. And the Democrats have a path to majority in the Senate. In the Assembly, you know, they're talking a, a significant minority. I think it's 60, 64, 35 once Frostman's sworn in, or sorry, um, once Plumer, Plumer's sworn in. There's not really a roadmap to back the majority in the Assembly right now for Democrats. So those Democratic donors are more likely to put their money in those other races. That means even if Democrats in the Assembly have good candidates and a, and a good message, they may not have the resources to get it out. That is going to be their challenge between now and November is getting, convincing people that there is a, a worthwhile investment so they're not left kind of drafting the backs of the state Senate races, Timmy Baldwin's campaign, and the Dem gubernatorial can- candidate that they can do stuff on their own. Thanks for joining us, JR. Anytime. That's WISPolitics.com editor JR Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.